Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of High Energy Health. Thank you so much for tuning in with us and for sharing your precious time with us today. I'm Miriam Paninsky, your guest host for the next few weeks to go. And today I have the great pleasure to be in conversation with the wonderful and inspiring Sanai Floyd. Hello, Sanai. Hey, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's great to be here. So for those of you who don't know Sanai yet, but who should get to know Sanai <laughs> as soon as possible, Sanai Floyd is a business and breakthrough coach and sales mentor for entrepreneurs in the coaching and healing space. And mm -hmm. she's also a number one best-selling author of her book, Paid in Full and founder of the Paid in Full Prospering Academy, which is focused on helping people break through limiting money paradigms that keep them financially trapped by debt, her own struggle for over two decades. And we're going to hear about that more about that more. And she has just helped a tremendous amount of people tap into their true genius and help raise their consciousness to create extraordinary, fulfilling businesses and lives. And I do want to say at this point, Having witnessed Sanai and her miraculous capacity, and, and I've told you this before, Sanai, I think you're so much more than, than a business and wealth building expert. So your, your caliber to raise consciousness is done with such a deep wisdom and attentiveness to both the deeper wounds, but also the spiritual search and the importance with what I would call a divine alignment or the alignment with a divine purpose. And in that, I feel you have a healing capacity that actually isn't conveyed in your job description of just being a business coach. So, so I just wanted to put this out there for our audience who's just getting to know you. So could you tell us a bit about your own journey and how you discovered your purpose or how your purpose found you? Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, Miriam. Well, thank you for that sterling introduction. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose I'd have to go back probably going back probably when I was going through life and not having any sense of purpose. So I graduated from university with a, a degree in debt psychology. I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't know what that would look like. And there was all this that familial kind of beliefs around what, what it meant to be, for example, a social worker. So I was thinking, oh, I might go into social work. I didn't really know what that meant. I just knew I wanted to go and help people. And there was all this stigma in, in my family. They wanted me to go into this. They mm -hmm. wanted, you know, and, and so, so when I came out of university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do except help people. But in that time, the pressure to find work was strong. So I fell into work in financial services as a clerk, a sales clerk in the banking world. And that was just a stopgap for me, just to find out kind of who I am and what I what I'm here to do in the world. And that became a 17-year stopgap. 
it was like <laughs> the longest stopgap. So I stayed with this company for all of that time. And, you know, I, I climbed the corporate ladder. I, um, I enjoyed my work. I loved my customers. And I, that's where I really developed the skills of, of coaching, mentoring and sales specifically, because that was that was my role within the company. But I remember distinctly every I would say every two years, I had some kind of sort of mini confidence crisis, if you like, where I was thinking, this isn't it. And there was this bursting inside of me, like, this is wrong. And I always carried that. And so every couple of years, I would kind of look around me, what do I want to do? And I, and I literally tried, thought about everything from dentistry, nursing, <laughs> and, you know, could I be a doctor? Could I, you know, just looking for anything? But it was always in that field of, of care, healthcare, and but never had the guts to go for it. So I'd, I'd have mm -hmm. a little look, I'd get so far, I was doing a bit of research, and then I'd pull back. So my self belief was on the floor, and and that was like I said, seventeen years, and then reached a point where I think the universe said enough. So now you need to wake up, girl. You need to, you need to, something needs to change. I was sleepwalking through life. So how did the um, universe tell you? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> let's let's just say it pulled the rug from under my feet on everything that I knew. So within the space of about 18 months, my marriage broke down. I lost my marriage. I lost my home. I lost my health, my mental health. I went, so it, it sort of just to slow it down, I, my marriage, the wheels started falling off my marriage. And in, during that period of time, I was going into work but I was highly stressed highly really really quite depressed and as a result my work started to suffer so my career and I was at the top of my game at that point in the company I'd climbed the ladder I was the senior of, of the, the that role and I got the job that I wanted what from day one of being in that company I thought if I was to stay here I want that the, the head office role and I was in it but my career started to backslide because I couldn't focus because my personal life was falling apart and then throughout the period of, of separating from my husband there was a it's a bit complicated to go into it in any depth but basically I, I lost my marital home in the process and I found myself in a home that was not habitable and my children couldn't live with me and and this house that I wasn't supposed to be in but I found myself in was like I said uninhabitable I just walked in and there was a kitchen it was a hole there was stuff like slime coming down the walls the carpets were were just like disgusting the whole house it, nobody should have lived in that property but I had mm. no choice so after seven sort of 18 years of, of being with this man I just could not believe that he would allow this to, to happen um, and so I was absolutely heartbroken, just completely broken. Um, and then it was only a few days in that I started to think I need to, something needs to change here. I need to do something drastic. And I just decided in that moment that I was going to make this work because the alternative was to go back into the marital home, which was what I think was wanted. So I decided I'm never going back. So I, I changed my name. And I went back to my maiden name and I just started peeling the walls and, and just started to make things happen. I was on YouTube learning how to plumb taps <laughs> wow. and I just self-taught myself how to kind of rebuild. And it was and that became quite a metaphor for, for me then. If I can do this, I can do anything. It took me about three months. Oh, 
So eight weeks before the children could then move in with me. But, but during that period of time, it was it was absolutely like hard work. Every yeah. day I went to work and every night I came home and I was sanding floors, stripping walls, painting. At one point, the, I'd caused so much sort of um, structural sort of shaking, if you like, of the foundations that the whole ceiling caved in. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, it's like in yeah. a movie. <laughs> it was just it, it was relentless it was a relentless sort of I would say four four months and then just as it started to kind of we started to turn a corner the house started to look pretty and it had my stamp on it and the kitchen was new kitchen fitted and at that point then my career was really backsliding because I was just like going in and functioning at the bare minimum mm-hmm. and then I just I had a breakdown and I completely just checked out mm-hmm. and my doctor said yeah your textbook hun <laughs> you are textbook you've held it together to get the house right get the children in get yourself like to a degree of normality and then your brain's just gone no I'm, I'm done I am done and so I, I checked out I was diagnosed with PTSD and, and anxiety wow. disorder and just yeah like I said it, for me it felt like I checked out of life for six months wow. so I was off work for for quite a number of months and and then the turning point came because during that period I I was uh, prescribed beta blockers and, and surgery and all these kept drugs to support mm-hmm. my mental health and recovery and offered CBT. So during that time, I for some reason, I googled life and I don't know why, but I googled life coach. And the first person that came up, a guy called Andy, he was my angel. And I texted the number to say I need help. And uh, he texted me a few hours later to arrange to meet that day. So I said, wow, that was quick. And he said, well, I figured you'd need some to see me urgently considering your text was at three in the morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, was it? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we met that day and it, through him, he enabled me to shift my perspective and just, yeah, it was just the most incredible experience of, of just helping me to resolve what was going on he gave me sort of the, the tools he was an NLP master practitioner so he gave me the tools to manage my husband at the, my ex-husband because we were then going into mediation and I was so frightened and so timid and and I just felt constantly weak and insignificant throughout my life but he gave me the kind of empowered me if you like to to walk into those situations and it and it completely changed and even during the first mediation my ex-husband said to me oh my god you were incredible in there as we walked out (laughs) and he said who who was that and I just sort of carried on walking it but you know it was just the most life-changing experience and and from there um I said to, to Andy what now because everything's changed my home my dress has changed my name has changed my my whole mindset has changed even my career, because I was sort of slightly down, demoted whilst I was off sick. So the this office I was in had changed, but the, the only consistency was that company. And I said, yeah. that feels wrong now because everything has changed. And now I'm still walking into the same office, the same building, sorry, in the same mm-hmm. environment. And I said, what is my purpose? I need, you know, I've been wrangling with this for so many years. And he just said, if you've asked the question, and it is percolating and incubating. He said, just allow your, and it's, you know, a bit of a cliche, but he was right. He said, you'll, you'll get your answer from the lyrics of a song or 
a movie or a conversation or a book, just something will show up for you now you've asked the question he said just let the question go yeah, so yes. and, it, and he, within he was right within a few weeks I was on holiday and I received this download and it was that I'm here to make people feel amazing and I just it, just, <laughs> it literally it, it was like stopped in my tracks and I said that's it that's it I, I'm here to make people feel amazing but it the the context was I was in a aquaerobics session in the pool you know on these holidays like holidays doing the aqua aerobics every day and this guy I watched him the instructor and I watched how he was communicating with us all these different people in the pool different shapes and sizes and the way he was using words and he was saying things like reach for the sun and feel your power and I had to take a step back and watch the impact he was having on these people in the pool Mm -hmm. they, it was like they were synchronized swimmers it was like they completely forgot themselves and they felt amazing and I just thought I want to do that I want to do that and I, I literally ran out of the pool ran up to my room grabbed my journal and said I want to make people feel amazing I'm going to be a personal trainer and an aerobics instructor <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that was it it was the wrong vehicle but I didn't it was it got me to the like I quit my job. I immediate, I went home. I re-signed re up for all these trainings to become an aerobics instructor and a personal trainer. So I started my training. I handed my notice in and it was a three-month notice period. And I felt so alive. And this is uh -huh. it. And it was a few people said, but Sanai, you hate the gym. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, no, this is it. And I, and I, I was just so sure and then the day came, I quit the day I left my job on the Friday, Monday morning, I woke up and all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I've got two children. I'm a single mother. I quit my job. I don't want to be a personal trainer. So that quite frightening, but I just, sort of, I had some money that I sort of set aside for this adventure and I went I, I was sort of obviously frightened thinking I don't know what I've done here but I, I know this something was right I had to get to this point I had to quit my job in order to get the space and clarity and it was at that point that I uh, found the coaching academy I went on a free weekend and the minute I was there I just knew oh, this is arrived it. arrived just the wrong vehicle it's yes. not fitness it's <laughs> So I was close. <laughs> it's still the same. The desire to to make people feel amazing. Um, that 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 still is kind of the driver, I guess. But it was just a different vehicle. And then, I mean, that was almost eight years ago now. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's just fabulous. <laughs> wow, what a what a beautiful what a beautiful journey. So let me ask you, when this transformation started, what was your, what were the practices that you were, that you were applying to yourself and, and, and how have those changed over the years? And I'm also like really also referring to, to mindfulness practices, to, you know, to the masters of self-growth and self-development. So what has, which of those practices have been fundamental for you? Yeah, I think, I think, well, initially in the sort of, I didn't really understand the subconscious mind when I started my business, didn't really have the grasp, but I, when I was sort of struggling in the initial stages of my business and I was 
getting help. I'd hired a coach myself and she was talking about do the gratitude journaling. And, and I just, I'd watched The Secret and I discovered Abraham Hicks. So I was kind of immersed in, in those practices first. So it was very much about gratitude journaling and practicing focusing on, you know, feel good thoughts and, and all of that kind of thing. But where the real transformation occurred, I think the, the depth of, of real kind of change and transformation was really understanding paradigms through that discovering the power of, of self-observation. And for me, self-observation was the absolute catalyst for so much of the growth that I've been through. And it, it was the thing that really shifted my whole debt pattern. I had a 23-year debt pattern that really, no matter what strategy I tried to implement, I couldn't seem to break free of debt. And that was the thing that, you know, just followed me everywhere, no matter what, how high vibe I felt, there was this burden of debt. And it was through the practice of self-observation, self-awareness and understanding, oh, my goodness, I'm creating all of this. Mm. That, that was where the real transformation, transformation happened. Beautiful. Uh, I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit more about self-observation, but I think we're going to go into break soon. So let's keep the awareness on, on this self-observation and those practices, because I want to hear more from you about this. Mm. Um, just before we go into the break, what kind of self-observation practices in a nutshell, and we're going to continue this conversation after the break, but what kind of self-observation practices do you still use um, today? Yeah, so so the, the biggest supportive kind of, if I was to give a practical application to this, it's to have a journal, to mm -hmm. ensure that you, you keep a journal every single day. And this is about kind of separate understanding that you are not your thoughts and your feelings and being able to create a, a space around your thoughts and your feelings where there is a part of you that is, detached and able to watch and observe what is going on because too often we get like sucked into this the 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 thoughts and feelings and we identify so much with it that that's what keeps us stuck in as I said the the paradigm of, of past the past so we're yeah. constantly recreating the past whenever we identify with our thoughts and our feelings and so for me, it was it was the ability to kind of and, and for me, it, it really shifted with the when I had the sort of breakdown with with my debt, when I reached that enough is enough moment. And and I, I started to I, I had this sense of separation between me, I and what I was thinking and feeling. And that that was a really profound sort of shift starting point, I guess, a shift for me. Let us hold that thought. And I want to continue this conversation right after the break. Please tune right back in with us with this amazing conversation with the amazing Sanai Floyd. Thank you so much. Welcome back to today's episode of your high energy health podcast. I'm Miriam Paninski and I'm today in conversation with the beautiful Sanai Floyd. And we were just talking about her practices of self-observation that are key to really shifting those old subconscious paradigms. I was wondering how much, how much courage 
do we need and how much courage did you need in the beginning when you first started self-observing? Was it painful? Oh, Miriam, <laughs> that's such a good question. Was it painful? Did it require courage? Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, the, the, the best example I can give of that is, is really when I faced debt and the, just to, you know, put it into context, I, I didn't know how much debt I had, but I was, I, it was bad. And I was, I, I was in a love-hate relationship with debt. Every year I would affirm and set an intention that I will end, not be in debt by the end of the year. Um, and you can see from the fact that I said every year I set an intention and every year I didn't pay it off. And it got to the point where this kind of moment where I maxed out my biggest credit card. I knew at that point that I had no credit available um, and, it, and it completely sort of brought me to my knees and there was so much pain around it, but I was so identified with that pain. And it, there was a few things that happened, but in that sort of around that time, I made a decision, enough is enough. And I have to do something. This has been 23 years. And because I tried every strategy going every external app and budgeting method and all of this stuff it wasn't through lack of trying but I realized at that point there's something inside of me that has to change I need to go within that's the only place left to go and so yes. what I in that moment I, I kind of pulled out all my statements and I had to get really real and honest with myself and and I remember I thought I was about 35,000 in debt. And the truth was I was close to 50,000 in debt. So that's how much denial there was. And when I pulled out all the statements and I actually looked at what was true, mm -hmm. reality in terms of the numbers, the pain I experienced, it was like I was, my whole body was shaking. I felt the blood rush from my face. I, I was weak, literally weak at the knees. So that whole, my body was having this complete, my nervous system was charged. My body was having a physiological response to this that felt completely sort of, well, it was involuntary. My body was just doing its thing and it was so painful and so frightening. And I think that's where the courage comes in to be able to, because normally I would have pushed it all away. That's what I did for years, pushed it all away, ignore it, quickly go do something else, stay high vibe, mm -hmm. you know, all the, all the things about no positive thinking. I'm not allowed to think about this. Otherwise, you know, and I, and I, instead of acknowledging it and facing it, I thought, well, I'm being, I'm doing the right thing by law of attraction. I'm not focusing on it. But the truth was I was in denial. I was denying it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an mm -hmm. honest kind of discourse I was having with myself. So yes, it takes massive courage and it was hugely right. painful. But what, what I, and this is where a lot of my clients experience this. They, we, we go there. We, we really experience this level of, of pain and, that, and being able to hold that space for yourself or for a client to be able to hold that container. And allow that charge once it's, it's like your body's talking to you. It's communicating with you. Yes. And for the first time, you've given it space to actually communicate. So when you can give it that space and that observation, the yeah. charge then dissipates. There's, it, it has a release. And I always, and I have this analogy where I picture layers and the, the charge, the, the emotional pain is like a lid on top of what's true mm -hmm. underneath. And so as you release that pressure cooker of emotion that you've been denying and shoving into the dark corners and not wanting to feel, as you mm -hmm. release that, 
what then emerges are all the thoughts that underpin that emotion, the stuff that's been holding it there from years, for years. Mm -hmm. So as the silt like rose up and the emotion and the charge and that fire and that pain, as that started to dissipate, then came up the thoughts, you're a loser. You're out of right. control. You're undisciplined. And I could hear them clear as day. They, they were running in the background, but without mm -hmm. awareness, they were just default. They were they were just there all the time. I was so used to hearing them. But once the, ch the charge had been dissipated to a degree, I was able to really hear them for what they were. And as I said, I had my journal. I listed them all out. And I was able to look at them and say, wow, wow, the, that stuff has been running me for all these years. No wonder I'm scared to look at my bank statements and my credit cards. No wonder mm. I feel shame. If, I, if I'm a loser, I, of course I'm going to feel shame. So in releasing, and that charge was real intense shame. So in releasing right. that, and, and that tends to be the biggest, the biggest grit that people have around, well, around so many issues is, is shame which equals I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. And so as you release that, then for me, the next level, the, the clarity and the thought processes came up. And then with that, I was able to dissect those thoughts. Because that's not true. There are many yes. areas in my life yeah. where I'm not a loser. There are many areas in my life where I have been disciplined. So once you see it on paper, you're able to analyze it and dissect it and smash it to pieces because you realize, wow, that's that's what's been running the show. Yeah. And to um, speak through the amazing Brene Brown is uh, that space, a shame that is not spoken is yes. is destructive. Yes, yeah. And and, it, and and then, of course, it made perfect sense when I was thinking about the law of attraction. I've been focusing on debt free, debt free, get paid in full, whatever. I've been focusing for so many years on being free of debt. What the understanding became crystal clear that, well, it's not your thoughts really that are the attractive factor it's the frequency so within my body of frequency if you like within within my, me I'm I'm emitting shame low mm -hmm. level consistent just this hum of shame constantly yeah and, and so of course I'm going to attract anything that is a match to that frequency and for me it was debt for others it's something else so yeah. no wonder not no repayment strategy was going to help me because I could get so far and then that that frequency the thought processes would just ping it all back like a, a bungee rope and so I get very sort of passionate when people say oh just stop spending or you know just eat less if somebody's trying to lose weight yeah, it's, like, it's not that simple now there is yeah, stuff inside <laughs> yes yeah yeah no it's it is not a question of willpower we have no. uh, yeah we yeah, this. it's like a battery. It's a finite resource. It will only get you so far, but the yes. paradigm is stronger. And, right. and the, par the paradigm is the collection of thoughts and, and feelings that create your self-identity. Yeah, really. And this is this is the level of depth that you that you like unearth with your clients as well. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and as I think as, and the, as I think you have to go to this depth to really create the transformation. And I find that my clients that come to me are the ones that say, you know, I've been I've worked so hard. I've got this far, but I keep just bouncing up and 
butting up against the same damn ceiling and and why what's wrong with me and that seems to be the prominent like what is wrong with me and and that's where we have to kind of earn a there's nothing wrong with you it's just mm -hmm. going to this level of depth it's the next level and releasing old old the, the self-identity that got you this far it's done a great job for you getting you this far but now yes. we need to step into the next yeah. level of self-identity that's no expensive. longer serving no longer serving you mm. absolutely yes yeah, yeah that's wonderful we will continue this this amazing conversation in just a few minutes please tune right back in with us after a short break and we'll continue this amazing conversation with wonderful sanai floyd thank, thank you so you. much Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health for today's episode with the beautiful Sanai Floyd. I'm Miriam Paninski, your guest host, and we were just talking about the power of subconscious paradigms. So Sanai is, how, how should I put this really, the, yeah, like really the, the angel mentor of having her clients find their true divine purpose. So again, this is not just like like finding finding any kind of release in your current business. This is really about this is really about divine purpose. Mm -hmm. And what I imagine that comes up a lot for you is in both yourself, but also <laughs> I'm I'm guessing you're seeing that in your clients too is resistance. Yes. So how does how does how does resistance show up in you? How does it show up in your clients? And how how do you help your clients overcome resistance or work with resistance? Maybe it's not even about overcoming resistance. So we'll talk about that to, to find that purpose to, yeah, I mean, the mm. purpose that's already within us, but to, let's say to get in touch with, to get in touch with that purpose. Mm. Sure, sure. Well, I, th I think the, the biggest, I think it's more sort of an understanding that and an acceptance that you are born every everyone is born with a unique gift and a unique gift and a lot of people that I work with I work with coaches and healers who have gone through some like it's almost like they've, they've gone through some huge amount of transformation like they were living a specific way and it was hurting them it wasn't serving them they had some major breakthrough you know like my story the universe showed up and pulled the rug and and maybe it was for their ill health or a bereavement or some cata cataclysmic moment. And that got them on the path to their own healing journey. And then that, in turn, the desire to help others. So they come through this and the desire to help others is so strong. And so they feel amazing and they feel very passionate. And there's this desire all kind of bursting out of them. But then the biggest thing is that, like, what it what is it that I'm really here to do I know I'm here to help people and so they struggle to really articulate the gift they struggle to to kind of get the the messaging and and so there's there's so much like especially in the, the coaching industry there's lots of shoulds and you've got to do this in your marketing yeah. and so it gets very noisy and very confusing and so what I what I find is that the best way to kind of hone in to exactly what it is you're here to do and this is what I do with my clients is look at your entire story 
So, so many people, and this was me included, when I, when I quit my job and I packed up my old life to start this new career as a coach and start my own business, I was almost like, right, I'm done with that old Sinai. She's, she's dead almost. And I kind of packaged all that up in a box, put it up in the attic, metaphorically speaking, and said, right, she, that part of her life is finished. This is the new Sinai. And that's the mistake. Mm-hmm. Because in that box is all of your gifts, your knowledge, your experience, your, your, your wisdom. It's all in that box. You've got to yeah. bring that with you as part of the whole. But when I, when I see my clients from as look at their entire story, what I find is when you look at the struggles that that person has been through, there is always a theme a pattern to the struggle and it's always the same theme different places different faces but mm-hmm. it's the same theme throughout and what I've found is when you can identify the theme of the struggle so that's the first step is identifying the theme of the struggle you'll always find it's the universe showing you your gift like it's like nudging you constantly to say this struggle has been given to you because when you when you can sort fix this struggle or come through this struggle and grow through it you'll find your gift but most of we don't know that until the universe goes all right I'll punch you in the face all right I'm gonna wake you up with a big big cataclysmic because we ignore the yellow flags so it's it's almost like so just to backtrack then to the child when somebody is born they have a divine gift and they Mm -hmm. express that freely in childhood but at some point they learn to hide that gift to dim the light because they got told stop being too much or they learned you're not enough and so they hid it because it felt felt unsafe to express Mm -hmm. so the universe gives them opportunities to to hone the gift Mm -hmm. and then and so that's really kind of where the power of understanding your struggles were all there trying to show you this is you your opportunity hone the gift hone the gift and so when they have that major breakthrough and they go through their own healing, that's when they're, they, they're ready to express the gift. That's, that's, the, that's the gift in the gift is that they're ready to express it. But it, the resistance comes in because they've got an old story that it, it's too much or it makes them not enough. Uh-huh. So it's about getting them back and connected to that and, and seeing the struggle for what it is. They, the struggle was for them. And I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Your yeah. struggles happen for you, not to you. But yeah. we just don't recognize it at the time. Yeah. So what I really love so much about you and your methods that it's it's unlike in other business coaching facilities that you see, mm. it's it's not about willpower. It's not about pushing through. There's mm. in fact, actually, it's about slowing down. It's about gentleness. Mm. It's about um, a tremendous amount of, self-compassion and breathing and holding space and all of that I see within your within your methods with which I which I love so how does but in your book you still talk about taking action how does that knowing the slowing down and the listening how does that come into play with with actually taking action what does that look like in your client work yeah, I mean, when uh, and I, I think for me, it's when you're in t- tuned to the gift and you see, oh, my God, everything happened for me. And you have that clarity and that awareness. And it's like it's like, a, 
you know, some the veil's been lifted and you you feel actually, well, it's alignment. You feel completely in alignment. But what connects you is you're connected to passion. It's pure mm-hmm. passion. And passionate energy is mountain moving. When mm-hmm. you are, you can do anything when you're passionate about something. And so it's when, you know, when I do this work with my clients, yes, it's about listening and tuning in. But when once they're done, they're like, can we get off the call now? I've got to go tell you, I've got to do what I feel. <laughs> they're so on fire and unstoppable because they're, they're connected to that furnace of passion. And that energy is mountain moving. And it's also sustainable. It's incredibly magnetic. You know what it's like when you're listening to somebody talking about what they're passionate about. You kind of feel their energy. You kind of get, you know, uplifted and inspired by it. And so the, the reason people are able to take action and get results is because they they become sort of influential, mm-hmm. you know, really influential in their power. And the action becomes natural. It's it's that flow state. And anytime they start to feel like, oh, my action taking is feeling a bit like pushing a boulder uphill, then it's like, stop, stop yes. down to all. Yeah. That, that's that's going to, it's not going to get you the result you want. Yeah. But but when you're in that state of feeling like everything I do feels like pushing a boulder up a hill, you cannot imagine the state where it just flows easily and where you want to do it. Yeah, leaping out of bed. (laughs) Yeah, where it feels feels so easy and so effortless. Absolutely. And and you're doing less work and more happens and there's more outcome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's following your yeah. bliss, really following your bliss. And I following think following so, the joy, following the bliss. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And and so many people they're postponing joy because when yes. I get there, then when I pay off this debt, then when I earn this amount of money, then when I find this relationship, then that you're postponing joy, and that's that's not this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. We will be right back with this amazing conversation with Sanai Floyd. Please tune right back in with us in a couple of minutes. Thank you. Welcome back to today's episode with the amazing Sanai Floyd. I'm enjoying this conversation so much. Um, it's almost over, but just uh, oh, just no. a few more minutes. Yes, <laughs> just a few more minutes. But uh, I wanted to talk to you. So we've really talked about how you clients literally break through and step into their purpose effortlessly with ease and joy and fun. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, just reading through your book, what is for those clients what is self sabotaging behavior for you and and how how do we interrupt it as like a practical giveaway for our listeners yeah that's a, that's a really great question and so i mean self sabotage is a understanding it's it's protection there's a part of you that is trying to protect you because there is some uh, deep belief some assumption that your nervous system is has got within it that says wherever you're heading is unsafe and generally it's when we are going through growth 
and we are stepping into the next level of, of our greatness, stepping into our power. We're stepping into the unknown. And so we, we want the familiar, like our nervous system is craving what's familiar to us and what feels safe to us. And so anytime we start to operate in ways that are unfamiliar or new, and that creates a level of expansion. I always, like, we, we hit the edges of our paradigm. So I always imagine it's like a perimeter fence. And so as you expand within that paddock and you hit the perimeter fence of your paradigm, you get a little shock. <laughs> so you're yeah. like, ow, that hurt. And you withdraw. And that, that pain of the hitting the perimeter fence will be some, some noise in your head, some voice telling you like, oh no, don't do that. You'll get judged or what if, or people won't like it or stop being too much or all of that noise comes in and then the accompanying emotion. And so we that's what what for me we we begin to self-sabotage as soon as we expand to the the limits of our self-identity and that for me is like that hitting that parameter fence so again this boils down to that awareness having self-observation self-observation so it's understanding okay you have to go there maybe once or twice you hit the perimeter fence you start to notice oh my god i keep getting to this point and then I shrink back. And so when you have that kind of, right, what is going on? You ask the question, like, what is going on? The, the, the kind of the practical application of, of breaking through to that, to that next level, not pushing, not willpower, because you've all experienced that sucking back and no amount of willpower is going to push you through. But this is about self-observation. So it's looking at, okay, as I get to this particular point, the point at which I know I hit that perimeter, what are the thoughts? And again, grab your journal, write them down, identify the key thoughts that start to kind of show up for you. Then you look at how do I behave? What do I start doing? Because you'll notice there are things like or you stop doing. Like what do I start doing and what do I stop doing? And what are the excuses I give myself to stop doing those things that I know are working? You know, and, and at one point for me, even through the, the journey of writing the book and, and clearing my debt, I stopped journaling. But because I was in this, like I call it, I call it my six months in a Petri dish, like I was in my own self-imposed experiment. As mm -hmm. soon as I noticed I'd stopped journaling, all of a sudden that became a reason to go, oh, look, I've stopped journaling. What, what's the reason I've stopped journaling? And then I would journal on why I'm not journaling. Awesome. <laughs> so I started to recognize and identify and, and categorize thoughts that start to show up around this time, behaviors that start to show up around this time, and the, the overriding emotion, whether it's guilt or shame or fear or anxiety. What is it? Once you've got those three main things, as soon as they show up, you can go, I know you. I'm not playing. I know you for what you are. You are simply my, my, my perimeter fence, my protective mechanism. And, and give yourself in that moment, I love you. It's okay. I'm okay. safe. And talk your nervous system into say, this, this, I am safe. The thoughts I'm having about, oh, you're too much. You're going to be judged. I hear you. But would that they're just lies and I know they're coming up to protect me so you almost have that self like I know you've called it radical self-compassion radical mm -hmm. self-kindness and love to recognize these for what they are and then 
you can move through them with more grace. Yeah. The other thing I just want to add in there is also to complement this, this practical application is also always have your eye on the, what's outside of the fence, like the vision. Always, mm-hmm. every day, spend time in visualization to, to create that, that also that flooding of the positive chemicals that accompany the vision. So you've got a two years like a two-pronged approach, the vision and also healing from the past. Yeah. And the radicality I want to add and the radical self-compassion is to be to be self-compassionate even if you fall off the horse, even if you yes. stop journaling for a few days or for a few months, whatever it is, and haven't read a self-growth book or haven't meditated or whatever, to radically still be compassionate and self-loving. That's the Absolutely. that's that's what makes it radical yes uh this is beautiful um so i just want to encourage everyone who's out there to check out sanai check out sanaifloyd.com her incredible website she has several packages and several offerings so first of all she has amazing free content on her facebook and on her on her youtube channel i actually can't believe the amount of of wealth you're already (laughs) offering with this free content but there are several ways for you to get in touch with Sanai. There is her paid and full and prospering academy. There is a kickstarting package. There is the 12 month premium workshop, which is worth, worth every cent and mini courses, boot camps. So she has, she has a tremendous wealth of resources out there ready for you. And I, as I said, it's worth every cent. Thank you, Miriam. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just in awe and grateful for for this conversation with you. And I think there couldn't be a better ending than just talking about compassion and Absolutely. and love. And I'm just just I'm grateful that you came into my life and that you came into this podcast episode today Thank that you. people got to hear you because I think you have so much to offer. And I would just again I just encourage everyone to reach out and start tapping into your divine purpose right now thank you fabulous i agree (laughs) thank you miriam it's been an absolute honor absolute honor so i'm saying good night to you in the uk (laughs) good night good night everybody (laughs) and and everyone else have a wonderful rest of your day i'm so glad that you tuned in to our high energy health podcast and we will be back next week same time same place and i will see and hear you all very soon Bye-bye.